And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course. And it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. And we continue to celebrate our friends and partners over at Isotope. And we got some big news for you. The gold standard of audio repair, RX-11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX-10 now on sale and get RX-11 absolutely free when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. James, what's up? Not much. How are you, Joe? I'm good. Good to see you. I haven't seen you in a little little bit. I did see you relatively recently, relative to our relationship in the last uh, five or ten years. But um, (laughs) Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. How's it going? It's going all right. Yeah. Where are you exactly? I'm at my uh, home in Seattle, Washington, West Seattle. West Seattle. Yes. I know that place. Yeah, right. Best place to be. It is. Who doesn't live here? Well, I I only live here for a couple more weeks, I think. But really, yeah. <laughs> Where are you going? We're moving back to Issaquah, Washington. Oh, really? Yeah, really strangely. That's where yeah. uh, uh, that flaming lit. No, Modest Mouse is from, right? Yeah, it's, that's yeah. that's the place. Yeah, the little the little village. Yeah, yeah. Issaquah <laughs> is mm-hmm. what Tim Loftus calls it. Um, <laughs> well, shoot. I mean, everyone lives in West Seattle. Mud Honey, Pearl Jam. Yeah, it's crazy. Blink. There we go, sort of. Um, I uh, We ran into, we were driving uh, back from getting some teeth the other day, and I'm like, there's a person with two little dogs. That sort of looks like Mark. And then yeah. we roll up, and it's Mark. So oh I, like, God. whipped around and got to talk to him for a second that was awesome because i haven't seen him in a while he has yeah. precious little dogs you know what are his dogs he had two little pomeranians with him mm. um, but i'm not sure if uh he used to have two little kind of light colored ones he had a light one and a dark one but i didn't get 
the story, but I got to pet one of them. Yeah. So soft. Soft. So soft. Yes. He got the soft model. <laughs> yes, exactly. I just joined the small dog club, so. Oh, you I did? Asked. Yeah. I know you have a. I know you have a bigger one, but. Yeah, I have a big one and a small one now. What's your small one? It's a long-haired dachshund. David David Dickinson would be proud to know, is proud to know. That's precious. Yeah, I'm new to those little creatures. How's that going? Good. Sassy. All all sass. (laughs) Yes, I'm sure. But I can handle it. Um, James, I know your rock and roll history, but... um, Can you can you uh, lay out a little bit and I'll and I'll help you if you forget any of it. But okay, your your rock and roll bio. I was just you know jogging my memory in the last few days about it, and man, I like your rock and roll bio. Oh, thank you. It's titillating. <laughs> it's it's weird, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where'd uh, you start rocking and rolling? Um, I guess Issaquah, Washington. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Played a little bit in um, high school for just a minute, but I mean, Link was the first like real band I was in. I guess it was okay. We, yeah, started in like 1992. I graduated high school in 1991 and moved down to Olympia to go to Evergreen State College, and then wasn't there for long and then ended up back in Issaquah. And then I met Sam and Dave sometime shortly thereafter. Yeah. So that was the first band I was in. Yeah. And how, so you guys were 20 ish, 19. Yeah. I was 19 when we started. I think those guys are a year younger. Yeah. And uh, of course we're here to talk about Link and um, the reissue, etc. But let's skip forward a little bit historically. And what'd you do after Link? Link was a band for three-ish years, four maybe? Uh, actually, just like two years. Oh, two, okay. Uh, two and a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. Right at the end of Link, possibly, possibly before our last show, shortly before our last show or shortly after, like within a week or two either way, mm-hmm. um, started playing with... Jeremiah Green and Tony Palmasani and Jason Talley, um, who ended up, we ended up doing Red Stars Theory. Um, Those three have been playing in multiple bands, like, forever. The whole time they had been sort of playing music, and so I had seen some other bands they were in. Mm -hmm. Um, And in particular, they were in a band called Has Been Mm -hmm. um, for a brief moment. Uh, Mm -hmm. With one of the guys from the band Swarming Hordes. I don't know yeah. if you're familiar yeah. with that. Oh, yes. Uh, so I saw them play and I was like, this is rad. And I knew that Link wasn't going to be playing. I was like, I want to try to play with those guys. Just, I ended up just asking, like, hey, I've never played guitar, but would you guys want to play some music together? And they're like, sure. So that was weird. But uh, we just sort of started over and. I mean, started over, I should say started. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Uh, But those guys, you know, they had, they had been, they had so many songs with different people. And then it's like, it kind of quickly just became the thing that we were all sort of focusing on. Right. Um, And to interject real quick, I was in Red Star Stereo for two practices. 
I was gonna say if I didn't know if you would even remember that. Oh God, I remember that. <laughs> Anyways, it was probably um, weird. <laughs> it was fun, <laughs> and we played um, the Barney Miller theme. Oh, okay. Yep. Anyways, back that's to you. <laughs> that's so. That's so great that you remember that. Um, yeah. That was awesome and weird because um, Jeremiah was like, "You guys should play with Joe Plummer." Or whatever, mm -hmm. you guys should try playing with Joe um, because he was just getting super busy. Yes, and exactly. The thing about Red Stars Theory is that, like, especially then, it was like all about Jeremiah. You know, it was like I was just like, you know, didn't know how to play guitar. I didn't know how to play at all, really, but especially mm -hmm. guitar. And so I just like would you know do some little thing and then jeremiah would just start playing. do a sweet beat and then we'd follow <laughs> you know yeah you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah i know exactly what you're saying yeah um yeah so red stars theory uh i was going to olympia a lot still and calvin was like basically was like oh you know this band built to spill doug's band it's gonna get another band together and he like really likes your guys record and um, he wanted to see if you guys want to like try playing with him. Mm -hmm. So I ended up playing in Built to Spill for a little while. It just right. like very quickly happened. Uh, so this was all all of these things like were happening kind of almost at the same time, right? Which was really crazy, but but sweet. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, let me prompt you. Let me prompt you here. Yes. At the at the same time, I was in a band called Bare Minimum, and we all played together. Yeah. Uh, various venues around town but we were on tour and i was in boulder colorado at a record store and we all walked in together just a to killing time at the record store and there were you in beck on the, a record your <laughs> face and we're like wait is that oh, james i mean we weren't close or anything so we didn't know what was going on but we had known you and then all of a sudden where we felt like James is on that back record. I mean, like, not yeah, like, on it, not just on it, but he's on it <laughs> also. Yeah, like, what the hell? Yeah. Right? Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the back, the back thing was also another thing. Uh, so much of what I got to do was because of Calvin, mm -hmm. which was awesome. Um, you know, it was before Beck was before his like record came out. Or I, yeah. I think I literally like maybe like a week before I saw him heard "Loser" on the radio. Mm -hmm. Like I had never heard it or anything, and I didn't even know it was Beck. Like even after I met him and whatever, it's like I had no idea that that was him. That right. that song yeah. was a Beck song. You know what I mean? I guess he had been up to Olympia to record with Calvin. Kind of a similar thing where he was just recording at Calvin's in his basement and just ha had a couple random folks like come over there. And at one point Sam and I went over there and he had some songs that were fully recorded. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I played on maybe a couple of those. And then at some point he and Sam and I just set up, you know, just set up in the room in Calvin's little room and just like, started playing and just recording you know just sort of jamming or whatever and i think right. that's how a lot of that stuff sort of came out of that record some he had right. st some finished songs and some was just people just like let's 
you know, like you do, let's just play and we'll hit record right. and see yeah. what happens. Um, so we did that and I didn't really think anything of it, you know, like, oh, this is totally cool. It's fun. Like I had never recorded with anyone else, uh, besides with Link, you know? Yeah. That's interesting. That must yeah. be an interesting experience. Yeah. It was crazy. Cause I was yeah. just like, I don't know that I had been, I had probably been to Calvin's, but you know, I don't, I hadn't recorded over there. Um, I remember just like feeling like, oh, this is just totally weird, but like exciting just to be doing something. But also, like I say, like I had no idea hmm. anything about anything, you know? Uh, so we recorded these songs and there's an, over a few days, you know, hanging out over there. And this guy, Jeff Smith, who has taken a lot of really cool photos, was just taking photos of a bunch of stuff. And he took... I guess this photo of being back on Calvin's porch. Um, and I, I was like, like, I didn't see that record. I had no clue that like this picture was on this record right? until I saw it, God, you know? Crazy. <laughs> and, and it was just so fucking weird, you yeah. know, like, like I think link was in California or like playing shows somewhere and I just remember Calvin showing up, like wherever we were. And I want to say we were in California and he mm. had this record. Yeah. It's like, oh, check out, here's the Beck record. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and and by this time, like maybe it's like, oh, Beck, he's this guy. Yeah. I don't know. I had mixed feelings about it. I'm like, Because it is... came out after Loser or some oddly yeah. at the same time or like shortly after or something. Yeah, shortly after, like that. We knew who uh, Beck was. Yes. By the time the record with your face was sitting in prominently in front of almost every record store. And it almost seemed like like we had all heard Loser, and it seemed like this was part of the campaign. Like, it was it was wild. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was... Ex it's, it was extremely wild to, to myself. Um, I was playing with Doug... At some point, we were on tour, and I can't remember where we were, but maybe like him and Dave went to a record store or something, and they come back, and um, Doug's like, hey, got you something, and it's a poster, like a rolled-up poster. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I unroll it, and it's this fucking picture. It's this picture of me and Vec, like a giant poster of yeah. it. I was just like, what? There would be people who like recognized that or recognized me from that. Yeah which was just like bizarre and i got a lot of shit for it you did <laughs> too um so yeah it was just weird it was like weird it was just like weird like how do you feel about that i, yeah, I don't yeah right other than like it was weird like maybe it's cool but it's also totally weird and i think it's cool i don't know you know uh i have no idea how that happened who chose it or what if Calvin right. was just like yeah let's use this i, I really don't know yeah um and it was like, you know, we were, we had done the link record. Uh, it, had, it wasn't out, but we had recorded. Yeah. Maybe that. I, yeah. I really, I don't, I really don't know why, but yeah, yeah that's, yeah. that's a real bizarre thing. Yeah. Uh, that was, that's, it had to have been a bizarre thing in your life. And then you moved on at some point you started playing with John and Polly in seven, six, four hero. Yes. Um, yes. That was awesome. Um, <laughs> so red star story wasn't playing quite as much 
And somewhere in there, John and Polly, they were playing this radio show and they were like, hey, we want to kind of do something different. Would you want to try playing bass? And I was like, oh, fucking, of right. course. Because I just, I, I loved, uh, I loved John Atkins and I loved Hush Harbor and I, and I loved 764 Hero. I just thought they were awesome. Yeah. So like, again, just like, oh, this random thing, these people that I love are asking me to try and do, do something with them. So I was just like, hell yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and we played this thing, which I, th- I think like we played and recorded there and it was like super fun and cool, but it was just this one time thing. And then they called me and asked like, Hey, would you want to like play with us? And I was like, I think so. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Know? Um, and I was all about like, you know, I was just real into playing music. Like that's what I was just trying to sort of do. That's just, I just, yeah spent my time going to shows and then was like yeah i'm gonna just play music and be in bands and travel around like that's what i was just all about at the time uh and that was awesome yeah so i crazily got to start playing and traveling with john and polly Mm -hmm. and that was just and david um that's right he was david dickinson yeah, yeah suicide squeeze uh came he was always traveling with them and so i got to just kind of like they just fully welcomed me into their thing treated me just like super awesomely like as if it was just as much mine as theirs right it was just super fun being with those folks yeah i bet um so like i just felt super super lucky yeah like just another thing i felt super lucky to get to be involved involved in you know right yeah and after 764 Hero, I played with this woman, Amy Blaschke. Mm-hmm. I played bass and uh, Aaron Tate, uh, oh, right. this drummer, who he was in Minus the Bear. Yeah. We played uh, sort of as like her band for a while. We made a record and stuff. Yeah. Um, and that was great, too. Totally different from anything I had done. Right. Pretty much. Um, uh, but it was super fun. And that was kind of like the last, I would say that was the last, like what I would say, sort of like band I was in that actively was like doing things, you sure. know, playing shows. And, but that's, that's pretty much, that's pretty the lineage. Much musical. A, yeah, exactly. That's fun. <laughs> I like it. talk about this re-release speaking of uh david dickinson and suicide squeeze um the re-release of these are not fall colors out on october 20th on suicide squeeze records this is the reissue of the link record the link record yes um and um i want to talk a little bit about that but as as you said link was around from 92 to 94 ish right yeah yeah. um let's paint that picture of 92 94 seattle music scene i can throw some things at you Um, oh yeah please do (laughs) um i'm gonna just throw some blunt ideas at you yeah yeah short pants all our pants were high waters yeah well in my mind around that time (laughs) i have 
I think about like skater pants, yeah, short pants, but giant short pants, yeah, sock exposure, but big short pants, yes, um, but then also just <laughs> short pants, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what people might say, high water or high water, <laughs> yeah, uh, how about Sears diehard shoes, hell, yeah. Yeah, so Sears diehard shoes, what got me into that was uh, I loved those things. And where I f- found out about those, I might be wrong, but yeah. um, the band Hoover, yeah, well, either Juan Carrera or and maybe some other people in that band, yeah, introduced introduced those yeah. to my feet. <laughs> and um, there's there were some good shoes. It's funny because I recently uh, kind of looked for those. There's a company that sort of started me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, you know, Sears went out of business a long time ago. Yeah. There's some company that, like, yeah, they started, It's I don't know if it's called Diehards or something, but, right. like, <laughs> but uh, definitely the Diehards. And I don't want to leave out the big important things, which were the Velvet Elvis and, of course, house shows. I mean, of course, our, yes. our culture, I've we've dressed us now. In this painting, uh-huh. I, I forgot sweaters. <laughs> I think it was sweaters, right? You yeah, put yourself I think in some so. big pants, some sweaters, some diehards. Yes. I think we all had that. Yeah. So yep. Uh, we're dressed like that, and we're walking in and out of basements <laughs> to see shows. <laughs> Definitely. And it was such a lively, wonderful scene. And I think of, I mean, even if you know we weren't talking right now, I I think that. For me, Link is sort of the epitome of that. You know, it's the epitome in my memory of that whole thing that was going on in Seattle at the time, kind of grunge adjacent. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think in, well, I, I wasn't, none of us were anti grunge, or I'll, I'll just speak for myself. I wasn't anti grunge, for sure, loved most of it. But we had this little teeny adjacent scene that was not grunge. Yeah, definitely. going at the exact same time. Yeah, I was um I was really not super familiar, honestly. I mean, I knew a little bit about Mudhoney and Nirvana, maybe, yeah. but Soundgarden was probably the most the band I knew most of. But I yeah. I I wasn't really following right. that stuff much at the time. Um, I was coming from like like straight edge uh stuff and sort of like dc hardcore (laughs) yeah right that's and you know what i mean like uh like sort of pre-velvet elvis for myself like before playing music like going there's like a place called party hall maybe you're familiar with the party hall and um okay hotel and Mm -hmm. shit like but I just wasn't, I wasn't seeing any, what I would call grunge bands. Right, like, yeah. I, I felt like that was, I felt like to me, I was kind of like, Oh, that's sort of like the bar scene and I'm too young. Sure. So I just kind of didn't pay much attention, even though that's ridiculous. But <laughs> at the time I feel I'm like, I think that's how I felt at the time. Um, but yeah. So it was like, you know, the Velvet Ellis was of course the place. And there was uh, the Redmond Y or the firehouse or whatever. And then just going to Olympia all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. In high school, would drive down to see shows just because, you know, yeah, it was right. a place that you could see shows. And like, that's where, oh, Nation of Ulysses is playing down there right. or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. So 
Um, so I was like familiar somewhat with what was going on in Olympia, like before I was like playing music really or anything. And I used to see you, I used to see Link a lot. And if it wasn't seeing you play live, I just saw you guys. I mean, it seemed like on a <laughs> weekly basis. And I didn't at the time talk to you too much. And I think it was because, I don't know how to put this. I, I didn't look at you as like, you guys didn't act like rock stars or superstars or anything, but there was something about it. Like when you guys would play, unlike my bands, or most of the time, unlike my bands, the entire audience would swarm around you guys. And it was such a fun spectacle. I'd be like, oh, that's those are the guys everyone loves. Everyone loves that band. Those are the Link guys. And again, it wasn't there wasn't a, a tood thing or anything, but I just I was a little, I guess, intimidated is the to, to talk to you guys. But I would see you so often. Um, I- I don't know how any of it happened, but we were very lucky. We got people asked us to play really awesome shows. Yeah. Um, just with bands that we were totally fans of. And right. we got to play. I feel like, I mean, we played all the fucking time. I felt like I know you did. It felt like to me because we would just be like, anytime anyone would ask us to do something, we would just do it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, yeah, it was like comical, but very fun, a very interesting time. It was really such a short amount of time, you know, but it feels like forever in the moment. But um, I felt like, like welcomed or accepted by folks who were, you know, in bands or playing or putting on shows and stuff. So it was just super awesome that, that we got to be part of that. And it felt very lucky, you know. So now I have this, you know, sort of more recent revisited experience with Link. And what's kind of surfaced, which is kind of interesting to me, is that not that I ever thought that there was no integrity or heart in the band, but it, you know, at the time when you're, as as the time we're talking about, everyone seems to have heart in everything they do, right? And integrity. <laughs> but what's sort of re-revealed is in my listening experience, my recent listening experience, is that it holds integrity. And it's like the songwriting is, I didn't even care about the songwriting then. And now I listen to it and it's like, it's so good. (laughs) Like it really is like floats to the top, if you will, you know, use that cheap term. And a lot of bands, most bands don't do that. And it's no fault, you know, like bands at the time that I were in, that, that doesn't float to the top like Link. You know, and it's really interesting to me to say I was surprised again. I was never wandering around going like, eh, Link was a fad or anything like that. But I, it forced me to have the thought. I was like, fuck this band. That's like, damn. <laughs> fuck this band. It's man. good. It was good. And, and I attribute it to a few things. Um, well, I attribute it to the, the, the trio no. collective yes, uh, vibrations, yes. if you will. But, you know, one interesting thing that I I realized is Sam's 
lyrics or I know you, I don't know if you wrote lyrics, but I know you sang as well, but the lyrics in Link were vague. They were just kind of a lot of times vague. There's specific stuff, um, but, but the beauty in it, which again is a new thing I realized is that like you guys just pick the right words to be a hook. (laughs) And it's like a sign of the times. I'm it doesn't matter what you say. It just sounds really good in the song. You know what I mean? I don't know if that was the angle, but man, it still works. It's so That's cool. Because I, nice I never of you to say. Yeah, I never read the lyrics. I, you know, I just, but again, I listened to it. And I was like, oh, I remember all these hooks of this band. Yeah. That's super awesome. I mean, that's Sam Jane right there, man. Yeah. That's 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 Sam. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I wrote a little bit, but you know, Sam was Sam was the the man, <laughs> the man, if you will. Yeah. Um, um, from he was just, uh, I don't know how he did it. I yeah. don't know how he did it, but uh, <clears throat> I am just as much of a fan <laughs> as anyone else could be, you know. You're not um, only a founder, you're a member. Wait, yeah, what is I, that? What is that hair club for men thing? I'm not only I'm not the founder, I'm a member. There yeah, you, so. I'm not just the <laughs> you you got it. <laughs> um exact exactly that. Yeah. Yes. I credit that to Sam Jane. Yeah. I will I will stop here. But the kind of the third prong, which is very simple, I was a big fan of the hated hell yeah and i was a big fan of neurosis and especially their first few records and pitchfork and not to just stick it all in there but i mean it's like Dude. a conglomeration of those <laughs> bands the energy that and i again i didn't recognize it back then but it's uh, the energy of those types of bands and those specifically those bands for me is link dang that's that's <sighs> That's that's a huge compliment. <laughs> was that we, what you were listening to? Um, or what uh, were you listening to? I mean, to I definitely you? was. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I loved The Hated. I loved Pitchfork. Um, I wasn't as familiar with Neurosis, but, you know, as you, you hear everything, you don't hear everything, but, you know, yeah, sure. that was that was happening, you know, Um but it's it's funny it's funny that people like the fact that like link's name even gets mentioned in, <laughs> in the same breath as any of that yeah kind of stuff is like amazing to me right. it's like fucking very generous <laughs> very generous yeah. to be put into uh you know some of these amazing bands and we were just like had no fucking clue right i didn't have any clue i don't we were just like doing what we were doing but even if i like loved a band or something like i had no idea how to like and i will make music and it will be like that yeah you know neither, did I mean? I. Like, I, neither did we you know what i'm yeah. saying yeah and maybe a lot of people think that yeah um well let's hear um an example of link awesomeness i want to play pennies to save is that cool that that is cool sure here we go Thank you. 
I have in my notes, perfect song. <laughs> I was driving on Ambom today when I wrote that down at a red light. Um, what was practice? What were your first practices like? Can you describe those? Yes. Well, we we practiced at Sam's parents' house in Bellevue, and probably just made a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam and Dave had some songs when I started playing with them. So I like tried to make parts to a couple of their songs. Maybe a couple I was able to, but I also then was like, I just have no clue what I'm doing. And so we just kind of started making things together. Yeah. Um, uh, Sam had this little, I want to say it was like a Roland Spirit or something. He had this little amplifier that, we didn't have a PA or anything, but mm-hmm. he had two really little amplifiers. And so one, he would put vocals and it was literally like so small and it had like four little like one inch speakers <laughs> or something. And and you just couldn't hear anything. I mean, you couldn't hear anything of yeah. anything we were doing, but it was fun. Um, and that was the only place we practiced at first um, before we... Uh, ended up making this demo tape we only had practiced a few times before we made this tape okay um you make it in the and, at his at his parents house as well no we actually um so this guy this guy jeff mccullough which you you might know i don't know he was yeah. basically we went over to his mom's house and he had a four track and it was like yeah come over and i'll record you and we like set up like in like his hallway or maybe like the drums were in one room and I was like out in the hallway and Sam was somewhere else. And we just like, yeah, recorded again, just like massively loud. What are we doing? But his, his mom was like, I don't know if she was cool with it, but it happened. Yeah, (laughs) you know, Let it happen. Um, Just very, very quickly, you know? Right. Um, Is the demo floating around out there anywhere? It might, I, uh, I, I have one somewhere in my house and I was going to, I came across it like very recently and tried to, you know, work on all this stuff. Um, I need to digitize it. Yes, you do. (laughs) Um, I mean, I know that me and Sam or maybe me and Sam and Dave each had, um, ones that we would just, you know, dub for people or to make those demos or whatever. So it's like, second or third or fourth generation <laughs> copy depending on you know when you got it i guess but how so. exciting was that it was like okay we just recorded the songs dave here's your tape sam here's your tape. james here's your tape <laughs> and he just like driving in your car and listening to it so exciting uh, yeah it's like like me starting to play with those guys us making that tape and then sort of if it that that happened very quickly, um, yeah. say within two months or something, which felt very quick. Yeah, that's quick. Um, but I I really think it was like very quick, and it was basically like we uh, started playing together, recorded this demo, and Isaac and I had a plan to go out to Washington D.C. to see like fugazi and bikini kill were playing but like seven uh uh heavens to betsy 
and Bratmobile were on tour. And originally, like, we were going to try to, like, ride along with them, but there was many people. <laughs> I think they had three or four other people already with them. But so Riding we made a plan, along. like, yeah, basically, yeah. like, and we're like, we're going to, um, we're going to fly out there and basically, like, meet up with those folks and go to the show, basically. Um, so it was like, we recorded this thing. And then I remember just, like, making a few tapes. Oh, man to take with me like okay. oh, i'm gonna give them to these folks you know yeah um it was awesome we did that and i took tapes out there and that, that's ended up and i ended up meeting like the the guys in hoover like giving them a tape and stuff and we ended up kind of becoming friendly and the first shows outside of you know washington state that we did like we we went we drove down to meet hoover in california oh, they okay. were on tour right and play shows with them like coming coming up the coast cool of, um which was sweet and another crazy like how did how yeah because <laughs> you flew um, to dc with a cassette in your bag and handed it to hoover <laughs> somebody yeah <laughs> but um I mean, I definitely think all of us, like at the time, it was like people were just doing stuff. It was all just like, do it yourself. And I remember going to Simple Machines when we were out there and just being blown away by, you know, we were, I was kind of like followed all this stuff, you know. Did you consider handing the cassette to the head of A&R at Discord Records? Whatever I his name is. What's his name? I probably Ian consider Mc that. Ian McKenzie? I don't think I got tapes to those folks. You didn't. But uh, you didn't <laughs> imagine yourself so. like, I'm gonna walk up those steps. Well, and knock on that door. I don't think I could have talked to any of those people. <laughs> I was just like, holy shit, these people. Yeah. I got to see some really good Fugazi shows. That's right. some point you decided to make a record do you remember much of that well let's see um we had put out a couple singles and the the first seven inch that we did um calvin helped us do like i basically like figured out doing everything but worked out with calvin to where he basically was like we'll distribute it and he paid for pretty much the whole thing by buying like 500 copies or so you know oh, I, was I like, see yeah yeah i was like i'll sell them to you for a dollar 75 each yeah. or something you know what i mean <laughs> so 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 you paid for it and then he bought them basically yeah yeah but but it was like basically how it worked out was his money we're already yeah. knowing that he's he's what he's going to be paying is going to cover it right basically gotcha. you know if and we'll make the covers and things yeah. just trying to do it budge you yeah. know um, so we had that sort of relationship with Calvin and the, the songs that were on that seven inch were recorded by Pat Malley, um, who was going to do this compilation, this yo-yo compilation. And he was kind of like, I'll record you guys, you know, for free. If you give me a song for this compilation, um, he recorded at the backstage Capitol theater, you know, mm -hmm. um, and we recorded six or seven songs. I don't, I don't know if it was like, that's what we had, or it's like, we have 
two hours or something. Yeah, right. Um, um, so we recorded these songs. Pat picked one, and then we used a few more of them to do this our first seven inch or whatever. Um, had that relationship with Calvin, and then we at some point um, recorded another six or seven songs uh, with Tim Green at the Red House, which was fucking awesome yeah um so we so we had these those sort of like relationships or or whatever this sort of things that we had done um so calvin then was like yeah would you guys want to make you know actually i want to say it was candace maybe even um who was part of k at the time yeah she had a lot to do with us being on k i guess i would say but Calvin set up um, to have Phil Eck, who I don't know if he knew or just knew, like, oh, here's this guy who is records people at this place, John and Stu's. Yeah. So Calvin set all of that up. He set like, it up with Phil. Yeah. And so we went there, two rooms there, pretty small, but we just kind of like set up our stuff. Uh, we had no idea what we were doing, yeah. of course, recording, and probably thought, like, oh, it's so weird we're recording in a studio, or this is weird, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> Are we going to do overdubs or yeah. whatever? Now um, look at us. We're hot shots. Uh, yeah, there we're you go. We're embarrassed yeah. being hot shots <laughs> in this huge studio. Yeah. So I remember, like, we somehow figured out, like, we're going to have Tim come with us because he had recorded with us and we just were like awesome getting to hang out with him yeah and i remember the night before we were going to go record we all me and sam and dave and tim were like we're going to go up to issaquah and stay at my parents house because we had to be there in the morning or something mm-hmm. I, I just i can't remember why but for some reason remember that we either seriously or as a joke got zimas do you remember that yeah. drink zima <laughs> So, like, we're out at my parents' house and, like, maybe outside in the parking lot. Like, those guys, I, I don't even know if, I don't think I even drank, but, like, they're, like, drinking Zimas. And we're like, yes, just getting ready to go record, you know. <laughs> and then, so when we went to the studio, we just didn't really know what to do. Like, we're setting stuff up and, you know, Phil's like, oh, I have to put microphones on. It just felt very different, even though we had recorded. We're yeah. like, this is like for reals. We weren't looking at it as what we were doing as any different. And I have this specific memory of Sam. It's like, oh, I need guitar strings. And for some reason, he bought acoustic guitar strings, like bronze acoustic guitar strings. Yeah. Um, and that's what he put. I don't know if the whole record, but like that's what he put on his guitar when did, we recorded. Yeah. <laughs> and uh we had one of those magic mic it's like a plastic microphone with a spring in it sort of like reverb it's like we put one of those like in sort of sam's speaker cabinet and put a mic on that also as a thing i hear that now jeez uh that was like just because we were just like this will be cool or whatever and i think all this stuff feels just like what what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> you know, and we were just playing like, you know, we didn't get like, oh, well, we need to like turn it down, turn down our instruments so we can get a good recording or yeah. whatever. So we're just like turning it up even more. 
you know, and, and just doing what we thought we should do. <laughs> I don't know. And try not, you know, like we're not, we're not going to let anyone tell us how to do it. You right. know, this is our thing or whatever. That's what I feel like the attitude was sure. at the time. <laughs> and did you do and, it? Did you, did you track live all at once except for the vocals? Uh, yes. You just yeah. played. Sam did guitar overdubs, but yeah, sure. everything is, everything was live. Um, which is probably like why it sounds how it sounds, but sounds great. Um, I think it's the only way we knew how to do anything. Uh, it's like, you have to, it's like, I have to be, we have to be looking at each other to know what. Yeah. Not exactly, but cert- not looking at each other, but like, I need to be able to see if I think Dave's about to hit something. I remember being stressed about that when I was early days of recording too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I go like, we're not, lo- I don't even, it's not like we're like looking at each other, but you're kind of watching what a, other people are doing. <laughs> yeah. You need your camaraderie or something. I don't know what it is. Like, yeah, exactly. Your safety blanket of your mem- band members. That's yeah. Funny. Yeah. So Calvin and Tim were both there. At least for, I, I really can't remember how many days we did. Like, it was only a few, but I remember just feeling like it was very quick and, like, really fun and weird. So we when we're recording, it's like, um, we somehow, we got John Atkins to come in. We just, like, loved Hush Harvard. We're like, we should try to get John Atkins to come in and do something. And so, Rad. and we were like, let's get him to play guitar on something. Yeah. That's what we were at first thinking yeah we ended up just being like just do whatever you want just do whatever you want on this just make noises you know (laughs) or whatever and and we had him like he ended up doing like a little bit of vocals a little bit of vocals on a couple songs on what songs do you remember specifically the song angel food fodder and vitamins Mm -hmm. it's called because we had john say and vitamins (laughs) i don't even know how but like yeah i loved it i loved it yeah Um, and it was just like oh crazy like to me it was just like there's calvin and it's like oh tim green's here and then we get this guy john coming in it's like holy shit like this is amazing yeah (laughs) you know a salon of yeah what a yeah what a what a vibe that must have been well it it shines through on the record i think you can feel all that actually really you know i hadn't listened to it for a long time yeah i i like really like it like i i, I feel like it's something that i would like yeah, that yeah. i would like if i had nothing to do with it yeah which is i don't know kind of weird or whatever sure. but like not having her it just feels separate from me it yeah. feels like it's not something that i did yeah but i like it yeah. <laughs> you know that's great i don't know I think I there's been times over my life probably that I was like gone like oh I really like this or oh I'm super embarrassed by myself and what I've done right <laughs> um, but having a break from it and then getting to listen to it again I was like yeah this is cool oh man that's great. I don't know <laughs> that's great well thank you for making the record let's thank David for putting it back out there. Yeah, there are numerous times over the years that Sam or I were going to try to like do something with it. Just right. like, oh, let's let's make let's make it. And then so Sam kind of made a label and was like, oh, I'm gonna 
try to reissue it and we never had money or anything to like even approach thinking about doing something like that and so like finally sam i think sam and dave had talked about stuff but uh sam and i were like we finally talked about like oh we should try to do it you know right um and i was just like man like i'm gonna ask david dickinson if he'll do this Mm -hmm. because he's just like my favorite like the best person i was just like man it would be so awesome if david would (laughs) be into this i'm like you know the like i don't know if he'll be into this or or what you know but I asked him and he was like into it, which was so fucking rad. So you know? great. It's been just like amazing to, I mean, he's figured it all out and like taught me how people do shit nowadays. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, which is, which I'm just not used to. Sure. You know? Right. Um, but I'm so fucking thankful. I'm like, feel like it's like the best. I, it's just like to get to do something with David and sort of reconnect oh, and reconnect with certain people. Yeah. It's been awesome. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Again, thanks to, thanks to David, but you know, thanks to you three for making this, this record. It's, it's uh floating to the top. As I said, it is persevering <laughs> and uh, it's really been a pleasure for me to um, get back into it and consider it in a different way. And, um, that's fucking great. Man, thanks a lot, Joe. Yeah. Well, thank you. And um Yeah. It's great to talk to you. I hope to see you before you get off the island. Great to talk to you too. I get to see you just on a box as I drive by I, uh, all the time. It's funny like I, I like to call that a statue. Please a refer statue. to it as a statue. Okay. The like, first time I saw this statue, yeah. I was like <laughs> I was I mean, I was it was amazing, but I was like, couldn't believe what I saw. And I was like, is that weird? Why does it say dreamer Joe Plummer? Oh, right. He's a dreamer. And then I'm like, oh, and then I like went around the block and I went back and I took a picture and I'm like, oh, how crazy. There's Joe. That's how awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. The box. I don't really get to see you aside from that, but how- are you proud of the box? I'm, I'm a little shy about the box, but <laughs> but you know, I, the artist is cool. It's it's a cool thing. It's yeah. I'm not walking around talking to people about it, but you know, <laughs> as I say that, I'm going to brag right now. Yeah, it's a, please. It's do. a miniature tour story. Oh yeah. I was on tour last year, and we were playing a festival with a bunch of bands, and Pearl Jam was the one that was headlining. I was watching someone from side stage and old Ed Veds was there Yeah. and we said hi. And then he walked up to me a few minutes later. He's like, I saw your box. I'm jealous. <laughs> and, and he's like, mine's all fucked up. And I was like, I know. And it bums me out because I drive by it and it's some, some someone vandalized his box. So we yeah, have a plan. We have a plan to go repair his and maybe <laughs> maybe add some stuff to it. Maybe that's the sort of like heist we can do before before you move. We can go <laughs> fix it and enhance it and give him some glasses and a cigar or something. Oh, that would be good. That would be good. <laughs> but, you know, I never thought that Je- Eddie Vedder would be jealous of anything. Uh, you're like, there Look you go. Look at me here. now. 
Yeah, you're in Look good company with him. Yeah. All right. I, bra- I bragged. I bragged. Um, I, I like it. I like it. I may cut this out, but it's kind of fun. <laughs> it's, it's kind of fun. I like it. I like it. <laughs> um, all right, man. I do hope to see you before you go because we don't see each other enough. And yeah. uh, thanks again. Yeah. Thank you so much. Congrats Joe. on this record. A lot of greatness. Okay. All cool, right. Cool. Cool, man. Thanks a lot. All right. I hope to see you soon. You too. Talk to you later, Joe. Bye. Bye.